Hello, I am Victor Young, the Daily Life Coach, and welcome to Episode 6, Part 2 of a mini-series called Meeting in a Box. That is correct, Meeting in a Box. And we're going to teach you how to put your meetings in a box, and then look at it from outside the box once you get it in the box. I know it sounds complicated, but trust me, it'll make sense later on. It's in, it's out, it's it's... It's it's under control. Don't worry about it. So before we get started, I would like to thank Rakesh Martin and Puna Manny for their featured feedback this week. Fantastic feedback after hearing uh, last week's episode of Meeting in a Box with a Daily Life Coach. Uh, you know, we talked about rules of engagement. We talked about agendas and expectations and hard stop time limits on meetings and, you know, we talked about a lot and, and frankly, I, I got a lot of great feedback. And, but again, thanks Poonam, Rakesh, my Indian entrepreneurs are representing strong. I haven't done a little research this week and I found out the Rosetta stone has full Hindi. So now that I know I can, I can learn my Hindi and get my Hindi up. I might be taking a trip over to India. Yeah. Go over there, do some international balling out. At the Taj Mahal. Where else can we go? Send me some destinations, India. I need to know where to go once I get there. All right, let's get started. Let's talk about meeting in a box. Season 1, Episode 6, Part 2 of the miniseries Meeting in a Box. So again, last week we talked about a lot of good stuff. We talked about structuring, setting expectations, the tone and the temperament and the mood of a meeting. The structure of a meeting. We we broke down the anatomy of what would I like to my meeting to look like? What should it at least resemble? How should we engage each other, talk to each other? And and it was great. And then all of a sudden, my email, my Twitter account, at the Victor Young, Instagram, Snapchat, the Daily Life Coach, Facebook, I got questions from every direction. Feedback of people saying, Victor, I had this meeting. I set these expectations. I had this agenda all made out. I was so excited. I walked into this meeting, and as soon as I walked in and we started, I got shotgunned. I had people jumping out of the woodworks, throwing bad questions, and there were arguments and chaos and dogs and cats playing together. It was pandemonium. It was just crazy. I think Hunter even showed up. Hunter came out of school, did his whole straight-legged barking, howling, pulling thing. I don't know. He made a cameo somehow. But anyway, it was craziness. Who else did that happen to this week? Did you go in there all excited and said, I listened to Victor Young, the Daily Life Coach, and I've got everything I need to go have a successful meeting. I've got my meeting in a box, and you pulled out your little box, and, and you issued people to talk and you had a co-chair sitting next to you and you had a secretary taking notes for your meeting and you guys looked all official like you were board of directors for Google or Apple or Microsoft and you guys were just, you thought you had it going on, had your little tie on, your new suit, your blazer, girl had her new blouse on, maybe some red bottoms, you just had it going on and then all of a sudden the wheels came off. Raise your hand right now if that happened to you. Don't worry if someone's looking at you. Raise your hand. I don't know what you're raising your hand for. Just raise it. 
All right, there you are. I I see it. Thanks for your honesty. Thanks for coming forward. I see you feel better already. Acknowledgement is one of the first steps to getting better. So thank you for acknowledging that. It happens to the best of us. If it didn't happen to you, I'm going to tell you what happens to some of us, and it's happened to almost everyone. So if it hasn't happened to you yet, that means your people don't trust you enough to open up and really tell you what's on their mind yet. You got your meeting in the box. Everything's moving along fine. And then all of a sudden, the first person lets it go. The negativity starts. I don't know why we talk about these things, because nothing ever changes here. I don't know why you're talking to me, because I'm not the worst person. There's a lot of other people worse than me, so I don't even know why I'm in this meeting. The list goes on. The complaints go on. I don't know why I can't use my cell phone. Why can't I not do this? Why can't I not do that? It just it, it was just, it just chaos, and then you sit there and you're just like, I wasn't prepared for Armageddon. I I wasn't prepared for Jade Helm to kick off right here. You, you got you don't even know what Jade Helm is, do you? I really don't know either. It's kind of a conspiracy thing that I've heard people talking about, and I don't, I'm starting to wonder about it. But let's 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 stay on let's stay on task here. We're we're, t- we're talking about meeting on the box. No Jade Helm. Stop it. Google it later. Check it out. I don't know. Anyway. So you got this meeting that just completely turns south on you. What do you do? Now, I was asking. No, I wasn't asking. I'm going to tell you, actually. You know, it can go a lot of different ways. And and the good news is this. In order to grow, in order to develop as a team, you have to learn how to grow from disagreements. With that said, the name of this podcast was born, and it is called how to disagree and grow. How do you disagree with someone and you grow as a result? I'll say this. You you can't make things better until you know what someone is thinking. That's first and foremost. How can I help you get better? Or how can I get better if you don't know what I'm thinking and I don't know what you're thinking? And trust me, I know it's painful as a as a leader, as a manager, as a supervisor. How are you envision yourself? I always feel I'm a leader, not a boss or manager or supervisor. But you can be whatever you want to be. I don't judge. Don't worry about it. So you're bossing. You're doing your boss thing. Got your suit on. Nice dress. What have you. And you've got an out of control team member. The first thing you need to do within reason is let the individual talk. No matter how outlandish, insane, one-sided, selfish, no matter what you're thinking as they're speaking, just listen. Sit there and hold yourself and listen. Because they'll tell you what they're thinking, and at least that gives you an opportunity to say, now I know where we're at in this process. Now I know why we haven't been able to go from launch stage to gaining momentum and taking market share. Now I know why our CSI has struggled. It has nothing to do with the client. It has everything to do with internal relationships or perceptions on compensation or scheduling. It has everything to do with things that are so unrelated that it's kind of surprising. But unless you listen Unless you listen, you'll never know. You will never know. And I see a lot of people, as soon as they're they're 
Team members begin to open up and speak. The first thing they do is talk over them. Stop it, okay? If I say the word cat, don't try to finish my sentence. You don't know what I'm going to say. I could say cat beetle juice and chicken wontons. You don't know what I'm going to say. Stop finishing my sentences. Stop thinking you know what motivates me or drives me if you've never asked me. We've gotten past that point. You're going to listen first, no matter how painful it is. Take notes. Why? Because you really need to go back and be able to speak exactly to what the individual just said. Don't paraphrase it. Don't come back with one of those lame, so what you're saying is, that's not what I said. Don't paraphrase me. Don't change it around to what you're feeling. Speak to exact words. So the only way you can speak to exact words are to take notes in your meeting. You've actually got to take notes from your people speaking to you, bosses, leaders, managers, supervisors. You've got to take notes and write it down. Because if you paraphrase it or spit it back and try to spin it and turn it on them and attack them with some lame spin doctor tricks, it doesn't work. All they're going to do is shut up. They'll never talk to you again and say, that's why we don't talk here and communicate anyway, is because you don't listen and you twist everything around. So you got to get to an exact science. You've got to communicate. And you can't attack no matter how emotional their feedback may be for you. It may feel like an attack. It may feel like they don't respect you. It may feel like, You may feel like they don't appreciate you. Keep the emotions out of it. And open up good, healthy dialogue. Next, you've got to make a decision whether you have time to address everything they've said to you in this meeting or take notes and say, thank you for your feedback. I have taken notes for everything you mentioned today just to make sure I have them all. You read it back, A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3, however you want to keep up with them. Is that all you have today? Fantastic. Thank you again for your feedback. And you give them an expectation or timeline. Next time we meet, we're going to get together and discuss this. Or if you have time in the meeting and no one else speaks up, or everyone finds it important, you put it on the table for discussion. You beat it up as long as you can, and if you can't find a solution, you table it, and you come back to it in a later date with an expectation it's on an agenda. That's how you conduct a meeting, especially when you're disagreeing. Now, let's let's just pretend or hypothetically your person's 100% off base. They want to smoke cigarettes in the office. They don't want to call customers back at your call center. They want to hang out on their telephones, and you're in a retail environment or a restaurant while clients are watching thirsty, parched, waiting at a register to check out at a department store, wherever it is you work at. You, it's just wrong. That's when you need clear vision, mission, and expectation for that individual. And when you hear that kind of feedback, it should be a trigger for you that my people don't quite understand the vision of the organization or the mission or the expectation with the client. They don't understand it quite yet. So here's what my people do know. At all times, they know we are a high-performance organization. What does that mean? That means we're going to perform at the highest possible 
world-class level at every single thing that we do. If you're willing to perform at that level, you're a perfect fit for the organization. I understand you may have a bad day. I understand that you may need training that you just don't understand. You know, there's going to be some areas that you just don't know yet. You haven't experienced them yet. You haven't been trained on them. We'll get you help. We're going to support you every way possible. But with that said, all of the controllables that you have control over, you need to make sure you approach them correctly. You need to make sure that you don't have a lot of bad days where you just neglect the things that you have control over. Because there will come a time where you have things you can't control. And if you spend all your professional capital in an emotional state, picking and choosing when you're going to apply yourself and performing at that high level, it's going to cost you eventually. It's going to catch up with you. So now that you know that this is a high-performance environment and you've got to be committed every single day you walk through this door, now you've just agreed and committed to performing at a high level. Or you say, I'm going to quit because I really don't want to work for a high-performance environment. And that's okay. Everyone's not cut out for that. Everyone's not a Navy SEAL. Everyone doesn't, it's not an Airborne Ranger or Delta or Green Beret. Not everyone's Special Forces. Not everyone's SWAT. Sorry. Some individuals are just good old law enforcement officer. Keep the world safe. Not everybody can be a SWAT bad boy jumping out of some elite all-terrain vehicle with armored weapons and flashbang grenades, swinging off of vines, rappelling off of helicopters, rescuing cats, dignitaries, diplomats, like one of those Sylvester Stallone movies, The Replacements. Is that what it's called? Hmm. Not everyone's cut out to be special forces, so we can't make you be special forces. You gotta want to be there first, and then you gotta you gotta pass the the test. In order to be special forces, you've got to train, coach all the time, maintain your fitness mentally, physically, emotionally, professionally. It's another level of play. So until you have announced. And set an expectation of what your special forces unit is going to look like. You can't perform people to, you can't expect people to perform like their special forces. It's not fair to them, and it's not fair to you, and it's not fair to your client. If your if your teammates, if your employees don't understand that they're part of a high performance environment or a premium environment, you have this very very targeted expectation regarding their performance and how they engage with clients and internal customers, then you can't expect them to do it. So this is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear a lot of complaining because you're going to have a lot of people that you're expecting them to behave like a special forces operator, but they've never been told they're in the special forces. They think they're just regular law enforcement. They think they're just a normal cook. They don't think they're a chef. They think they're a salesperson, not an account manager. They think they're a boss, not a leader. Whatever it is, they, they don't know who you want them to be, how you want them to be this, and when. They don't know yet. So next we're going to establish that expectation. This is how we're going to engage. This is our mission and our vision. It doesn't have to be some long, thought-out, thought-provoking situation that just, you know, they're just all emotionally engaged and and 
and and they're just wow it's profound this vision it can be one sentence we will be the best at everything we do we do chicken right we're the ultimate driving machine the best or nothing i don't know it, it just takes that one line maybe one word but you have to set that expectation oftentimes people fight and argue because they want to be excellent, because they want to be great, but the behavior or the performance they feel they're getting from their teammates doesn't re- doesn't represent, it just doesn't represent greatness. And if you guys aren't speaking the same language, reading the same books, following the same mission and the same vision, you're going to have everyone pulling in different directions. So for those of you who have ever been to some type of truck pull, tractor pull, and you see a Chevrolet truck in a pit full of mud, and then they back a Ford up to that truck, and then they wrap a big old chain around the back of each one of those trucks, and they see who's going to pull who. It's kind of fun, actually, to watch that. I actually watched a guy snatch the bumper off of a Chevrolet one day and hook the chain on the bumper instead of the frame and just drove circles around him in the mud pit. It was kind of entertaining. Big old Ford truck driving around the Chevrolet, dragging his bumper. Who does that? Anyway, it was entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. I'm sorry. That's what happens, though. And Unless you're pulling in the same direction, just because you're fighting for excellence doesn't mean you're fighting in the right direction. You can be fighting your own teammates and taking them out with friendly fire. So that alignment will come through the disagreement. How do you disagree and grow? Every time you disagree, you get a little bit closer to finding resolutions And finding out that you're really saying the same thing and you're speaking two different languages. And so there's a disconnect. Or maybe your process is a little bit different from the other process. And because it's not like yours and you don't understand the process next to you, you're fighting it. You disagree with it. You don't understand it. Maybe there's something that you don't know that has to occur in that process. These are the things you're going to find out during your meetings. During those disagreement processes. These conversations will lead to the biggest developments within your organization. Not a consultant, a coach, a new manager, a new salesperson, a new marketing campaign. Nothing will give you the benefit of a good old-fashioned, open, transparent, honest disagreement in a controlled environment where people are truly looking to improve, truly looking to work together. It's okay to disagree. You start that meeting out by saying, if we disagree today, when we walk out of this room, I just want all of you to know we're still the same team we were when we left the room. The only difference will be we've gotten a little bit better and a little bit stronger. So if it gets uncomfortable, it's okay. That's why we're here today. But it's not going to affect the way we feel about each other And the way we engage each other is just going to make us better and more professional. If you you have that announcement up front, if you set that expectation up front, when people walk out the door, they'll still respect each other. They'll shake hands. They'll give each other hugs, high fives. They'll think about everything they said. They'll come back and say, you know, Jen, I really agree with what you said the other day. I guess I never looked at it from your point of view. I, I had a little a meeting with my business partner once, and uh, it was a great meeting. And it started out really awkward 
because we'd had a conversation with each other earlier in the week and it was a little awkward. We disagreed about something and we normally agree with, you know, we, we agree with just about everything. Very similar in our approach. We're both high energy guys, very driven. We want to be the best in everything we do. We want to help people, train people, develop people. We're very similar, but we had a very strange disagreement, very out of character for us. So we're driving down the road in a beautiful BMW twin turbo V8. Mm, exhaust note was just incredible. I can hear it now. And he says to me, you know, something you said today really didn't sit straight with me. And I want to talk to you about it. And so he brought it up and he said, didn't like your approach. And frankly, I just didn't think it was right. And I listened to everything he said, because the first thing in my mind is, what in the heck could I, could I have possibly said wrong? I'm practically flawless in business. <laughs> sure enough, he made a point. And I listened. And then I said, you know, I can appreciate what you're saying. But let me give you my point of view. POV, as we call it in the film and entertainment industry, in the writing world, but POV changes everything. When you look at a process, compensation, expenses, advertising, marketing, I mean, just anything you could possibly think of, when you look at it through someone else's eyes, from their vantage point, from their position, from their socioeconomic level, you name it, when you just change that point of view slightly, everything changes. And so I gave him my point of view and I said, I agree that you may have taken this in a negative fashion or maybe it hurt your feelings or maybe it didn't make sense. However, let me give you my point of view. So I proceeded to share my point of view and he actually agreed with me as well and said, you know, I guess I never looked at it from that standpoint. But I can assure you that I will do X, Y, and Z to make sure that never happens. So we actually both had very valid points based upon our point of views. And frankly, I would have never seen his point of view because I'm not him. And he would have never seen my point of view because he's not me. And until we were able to actually talk about the exact point of view and vantage point, that we're looking at this situation. We were just looking at it as we're disagreeing. Maybe I'm not being fair. Maybe he's not being fair. Maybe I'm not being sensitive. Maybe he's being oversensitive. I don't know. There was, there could have been 25 or 30 different emotions or more tied up into this conversation that we had. And at the end of this meeting, at the end of this drive, not only did I feel better about being in business with this individual, But it opened my eyes up to a lot of other things that maybe subconsciously had been on my mind before. Every time a disagreement or dialogue occurs, it allows us to grow. I'm going to give you one last thing here about point of view and the significance of bringing up point of view and understanding someone's point of view and asking their point of view 
How are you looking at this? Through what eyes and through what emotion and through what thoughts and through what challenges? I mean, you've got to be very specific. Point of view is everything. So here it is. Imagine the story being told by the local people in the town where baby Jesus was born. And they tell this whole story about what happened in the town. The night of or the day of the birth of baby Jesus. And then stop for one second. So you've got their their POV and their story, the way they're telling it. And then you have the wise men. What were the wise men doing the day he was born? Who delivered the message that he was born and they should go? What was their point of view? Now I'm going to give you one last point of view. If animals could talk, how about the point of view of animal in the manger? How about the point of view of another baby or a little boy in the town? Everyone has their own story, their own point of view on what they're experiencing, what they've seen. September 11th was a horrible day. And either we witnessed it on television or we witnessed it in person. And although we witnessed it one of two ways, in person or in television, if we were standing down the street and we saw an angle on the building that no one else was able to see but us, our point of view could be completely different about that day. Depending on where we were at that morning, depending on the individuals that we lost that day or that made it that day, our point of views will be completely different. We, we may share the same emotion, the hurt. We, we may share that emotion that individuals feel when they're patriotic and they love their country. Or that emotion or feeling when you've lost a loved one. But the point of view based upon the experiences that we've shared directly with the location, with the towers, with the individuals, with the law enforcement, with the firefighters, the point of view is going to be different. If you were a Wall Street banker, your point of view from that day and your emotion and feeling from that day, your experience is going to be different from the firefighters. If you're a firefighter that was actively on the scene you might have a different opinion versus someone who showed up the next day to help and support. Do you get it? Yes? Great. Really think about that. That is how we disagree and grow, is to find out what the other other individual on the other end of you is thinking and why they're thinking it. They start looking a lot less crazy when you really find out why. It may not make it better. It may not make you want to jump up and down and accept it. But at least once you understand why, then you're able to start either getting them trained, coached, looking at the process to change your process, looking to evolve it, looking to eliminate it. You've got options once you know. You got two people in a meeting who disagree. Have them both give their point of views from their past experiences. Then you can get them a roadmap to success. They've got to learn how to communicate by disagreeing and growing. Just because we disagree doesn't mean that I hate you. I may love you. I may want to see you successful. So I can't watch you make bad decisions and invest your professional capital in the wrong places. So I'm going to fight you, and it's going to feel like I am fighting. It's going to 
you're going to feel like I'm trying to make you feel or slow you down. Or you just maybe think I'm just a straight hater. Drinking the hater aid because he's not agreeing with me and he doesn't want me to invest this money in this project. Hmm. Ask why. Don't let the emotions block you from asking the whys and listening to the whys and taking notes and thinking about it later and digesting and coming back and looking for solutions. Learn how to disagree and grow. I hope this helps out. Now you've got a little bit more to add to your rules of engagement. Your hard stop time limits on your meetings. If it's 20 minutes, make it 20. If it's 40, make it 40. If it's 60, make it 60. If it's eight hours, stop it at eight hours. That's a retreat. That's not a meeting. Might be torture. I don't know. My goodness, eight hour meeting. It's a session. There better be a lot of training going on. Food, donuts and coffee and finger foods. I like those cheesy mozzarella sticks. Marinara sauce. Outstanding. Make your meetings fun. Bring some food in there. That'll change someone's point of view. Give them some Panera bread. Nice bagels. A little coffee. Make it fun. Make them feel like they're at home. But you got to get the POV. You've got to learn how to disagree and grow. That's all I got. I want, I, I, take some time. I want you guys to think about everything we just discussed. Really think about it. Just because someone's not your favorite... Just because someone might be out of your demographic or not your gender or not your sex or not your religion or not your age or whatever it is, you have to be willing to grow and learn from everyone. If you only learn from the people that you like, you're going to miss a lot. You're going to miss a lot if you're only learning from the people that you like. There's a whole lot of people out there that you might think are class A jack wagons that you can learn a lot from. Disagree and grow. Got it? We've got part three coming up next, the final part of meeting in a box. So make sure after you apply what you heard in part two, I need your feedback ASAP. So, hey, I might need to implement something new. Maybe you've had a unique experience that we can share with everyone. Hit us up on Facebook or thedailylifecoach.com. Go to the Contact Us page. Make sure you subscribe to the blog. Check us out on SoundCloud. And we're coming to iTunes soon, but just stick with SoundCloud for now. Hey, guys, it takes about two minutes. Not even two minutes. What am I saying? It takes about 30 seconds to, to sign up and create a SoundCloud account. That way, every time a new podcast comes out, it's launched, it's released, you get a notification, and voila, keep your company growing. Keep yourself growing and keep the feedback coming. Share your feedback because it might help someone else get better. The better we all get, the more money we make collectively. Don't be afraid to share the knowledge, share the wealth, and most importantly, live fearless. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me, The Daily Life Coach. Talk to you soon. <music>